create a space. We, the idea of this is, yeah, is to take up space as black women, as African women. And we want people who listen, people who are joining us every week to feel like they can take up space and have these conversations. So, Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Take Up Space. I am one of your co-hosts, Esther. And I'm your other co-host, Abiana. And today we're joined with our two very lovely members of PA. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves, but I can do like a little bit. Like, okay, it's just Emma and Anaya. Um, if y'all want to introduce yourselves, feel free to do so. Why did I get so nervous? <laughs> I don't know. You're acting like we've never spoken to you before. Like, we like you, we like you. It's okay. All the time. We literally talk all the time. You talk to me every single day. Like, so nervous for what? But, like, hey, hi. Like, I'm Anaya. Um, I don't even know what my role is. Essentially, I'm the volunteer liaison and executive assistant. I hang out and I talk to people and I do community outreach and I'm like a support for the team. Um, I'm ease support essentially. And yeah, don't mind my voice. Lost it this past weekend. So this is going to be fun. Ooh, your voice sounds good. I, like, I mean, hopefully yeah, you lost I it really doing like something fun. Yeah. Thank you. Give me this little sensual vibes. I words of affirmations, my love language. So I'm taking <laughs> them in. Let me just. I, I love that. I love that. Uh, Emma, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Emma. I am the project researcher at PA. I do research. It's my favorite thing to do. Um, and I like to do research on import- on topics that I find important and on things that are important to me. Um, and so that's why I do what I do with PA. And she's really good at it. Like, stupid good at it. I like, am, like, stupid really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> are we allowed to swear? I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah, you can, you can swear if you want. There are times where I never ask that question. You can't do never ask that We're question. talking about yeah. sex. Of course you can swear. Yeah, no, I've listen. been cussing the whole time. That's different. <laughs> That's different. Sex is different than swearing. We never know. Boundaries. I'm True. asking. No, you feel free to do whatever you want to do. Um, this is very, like, free-flowing. Um, yeah, I you're... totally didn't ask last time. I was like, I'm just cussing, and I still have her finger on that beat button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, if I... Yeah, like, it's it's explicit content, so it's fine. But, like, if... Yeah. You can swear if you want to swear. Um, obviously, fair. like there's like moderation. <clears throat> we can't say. We have to be respectful of people's things. What am I saying? I don't know. Yeah, just as long as we're being respectful, we can say whatever we want. Um, all right. So we're talking about the sex. <clears throat> Thank you guys for the introductions, by the way. Um, I love having y'all here. I'm excited to talk to you all today. And yeah, so today we're going to talk about sex because. Well, sex, sex positivity, sexual liberation, and everything in between. We all have very, like, different... I mean, everyone has different experiences, different ideas, different... Just different ways of thinking about sex and pleasure and everything. So I wanted to just have this conversation with all our perspectives and just talk everything out. So I guess the first thing I kind of want to talk about is our relationships with sex and pleasure and everything in between. Do we see ourselves as sexually positive or like sexually liberated or both or like what is the vibe what is the vibe with that um go ahead honestly i feel like sex to me was like i don't know i don't even know what to say like i'm like i'm a person who likes sex i like sex like sex is fun um but it's also something where I, like, am very mindful of other people in sex and, like, how they are. Um, So, like, I've been called super, like, freaky because of, like, how much sex I want to have and da-da-da and all those things. And that makes me feel uncomfy. But then there's also people that, like, very much make me feel very supported in the fact that I like having this much sex. Um... For example, like, my partner at this moment enjoys sex. Do we have sex all the time? No. But will they ever make me feel... No lying. There's moments where, like, I'm like, my sex drive is higher than theirs is, but they don't ever make me feel, like, uncomfy about the fact that my sex drive is higher than theirs is. 
have I met somebody whose sex drive is like as equally high as mine? Not yet. But does that make me like sexually liberated because I'm really free? I don't know. Um, I'm just somebody who likes sex. Like, so I think that's where I stand, I guess. I love that. I love that. I think like, first of all, I don't, I agree because I don't like when people make me feel like bad because of like, I'm like, quote unquote, freaky. So I do like resonate with that. And I agree. And it's nice to have like people who are supportive of that when you do. But yeah, I love that. I love that for you. I love that. Emma, what were you going to say? Um, well, actually, first, like, I think I have like a bit of a question for, um, for Anaya, if that's okay. okay. Um, so you mentioned that your libido is quite a bit higher than your partner's. And um, I was wondering, like, okay, so I guess background, I'm kind of in the opposite situation where my partner's libido is much higher than mine. And of course, like we've talked it through because like it's been a long time that we've been together and it would be kind of stupid if we didn't talk about it by this point. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wanted to know like a little bit more about your perspective and like how you manage that. And like if that like if that ever made you feel a type of way, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mm -hmm. definitely have to look at. So I, I want us to think that I'm a really self-aware type of person. Um, and mm -hmm. I also know that how I looked at sex, which I feel like we'll talk about later as somebody who's a trauma survivor, is that I use sex as like a safe thing for me. Um, so I was really good at knowing that I was good at sex. And so because I knew I was good at sex, I also use it as something for when I'm like uncomfy and I know that like I don't want to talk about something even just in my own stress life I'm like we could have sex and sex is fine and then I know that the aftermath of sex so like the we're sitting there we're together we're kind of talking about little things like that aftercare moment is what I'm essentially looking for so that we could talk about the things that are stressing me out so sometimes sex is a leeway for me um and sometimes when I feel like I'm using sex for that reason, my partner is able to tell me like, hey, babe, like I'm not in the mood and you're super stressed out. And I know that you want to use sex because you're stressed out, but like, let's talk to me. And then therefore I don't feel shame because sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, my libido being really, really high is for an enjoyment, but it's also for the fact that I'm avoiding some stuff. And when it's like purely for enjoyment purposes and I'm like, yo, we need to have sex right now. Toys are a best friend for me. And I like, I like that my partner is really open to the things that I'm interested in. I've never felt uncomfortable telling them like, hey, I want to invite somebody in. They're like, sure. Suddenly I'm getting text messages like, hey, these are the six people that I have a roster for you. Do you want to choose which individual you want to bring in? I'm like, oh, this was just a, this was just a random combo. But yes, okay, cool. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that allows me to go like, Oh, some days it can be high, but right now I'm stressed out and I don't want to be touched whatsoever. Um, and it's low and they're allowing me to be flexible with both. Um, because some days it's much higher and I have to respect his in the sense that like, he's not going to be as high as mine, but sometimes he like absolutely hits the ball and is like, we're going, like we're going right now and we're going for as long as you'd like. And it's about you and it's not about it's not not about me, but it's about you. And mm -hmm. so like, it's definitely a balance. Um, and it's definitely about me also figuring out whether or not I'm using sex for the right reasons. Um, because sometimes I need to be called out for it. Because sometimes my high libido is a trauma response more than anything else. Because I do know that that was something that I used to make myself feel better mm -hmm. or feel wanted. Um, mm -hmm. So that's just a little whatever just to jump right into it we just started it <laughs> off but yeah, sorry <laughs> no it's my fault I mean I wanted to know I was curious I wanted to know if uh, I asked the question right yeah no I hope um, that answered I hope that was uh it does yeah like I said like I'm a little bit on the opposite end right so um my partner definitely has a much higher libido than I do and Sometimes, like, I struggle with it because I know that in, like, sometimes it can make him feel insecure, right? Where it's like, 
I want you, but like in this moment, you not necessarily like you don't want me, but like you don't want this. Mm-hmm. And like, mm. maybe it's hard to understand why if you're not in my head or like if we don't, of course, like we've talked through it, but like, it's like, it's daily that like, you know, I um, kind of have to, not not that I have to, but like that I do what I can to keep those insecurities of his at bay when I'm not feeling the way that he's feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, I was, that's why I was kind of like curious is like, is there anything that your partner does to, I guess, like if you ever respond in that way to his lack of libido? Yeah, I absolutely have moments where I'm like very insecure about it. Mm -hmm. I'm a very confident individual, but there's definitely moments where I'm like, I want you. Why don't you want me? Um, Mm -hmm. And I need to have to, I need to look at myself sometimes and go like, just because they don't want you, like they don't want this right now. Does it mean that I can't get intimacy in some sort of way? Because I think that's also what I look for is that I crave intimacy. And the act of sex, like, usually I think about what I want. I'm like, do I want an orgasm? Because, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, babe, if I want an orgasm, there's moments where, like, he's able to be like, sure, here, like, and do that. And I know that sometimes that's, like, not, it's not my favorite way. But there's also moments where I'm like, okay nice middle ground like I'm looking for this quick release or even there's sometimes when we'll talk and I'm like do you mind if I do this near you or like around you or like did it or whatever and sometimes he's like I don't want you to do that and I'm like all right great boundary and we have to Mm -hmm. respect those things and when I feel those ways I also am very comfortable to tell him I feel those ways so sometimes we have to have those moments of like okay like, I don't feel like this, but would you mind? Like, do you want to sit in between my legs while I play this video game? And I'm like, yeah, mm. like, that'll be fine. And, like, it's, like, the little things. And sometimes I have to understand that, like, I have to understand that I still choose my partner. I love my partner regardless of this. And that it's not something that I'm going to leave my partner for. Because I could also mm. leave my partner for it. It's also something that I'm choosing to be, like, I'm choosing to be in this relationship. I'm really, I'm a hundred and ten percent one of those people that believe that you do not need to stay in a relationship if you're unhappy and like Mm -hmm. sometimes sex is a very big thing and that is okay and so to honor that if you're constantly arguing about it while there are other things that come into play that is something that you do need to discuss yeah very interesting no and i think that's the Mm -hmm. thing that like it's a very non-negotiable for me so like I've learned about myself to the point where like stuff about life again and trauma have it happened really early in my life which meant that when I was allowed to start deciding what I wanted to do with my life I was very very picky um Mm -hmm. so when it came to like my little flirty sex learning experience um like my first one outside of my first relationship I was like oh I don't like this I'm not doing that I don't want that I'm not doing it and I was also very clear to the people that like wanted to hook up with me that I wasn't looking for more um than like this moment right here um Mm -hmm. or the moments like later on that would be like very short like I didn't want any conversation pieces I mean if I did want that from you I was also very very clear about the fact that my personality was like a wonderful open inviting personality but it did not mean that I wanted a relationship Mm -hmm. so that clearness also made talking about sex very like very easy very easy I had partners that were able to tell me like no I don't I don't eat box because um you're not my wife I went Uh great I said that is wonderful amazing <laughs> you and I are great you and I are great it's so un- phenomenal I also had people tell me that like I had a one guy who kind of like gave me like this growl type of situation oh my god like and I remember in my head like being like, nah, you don't feel comfortable. Stop this right now. And I'd been also in moments where, 
I'd allowed uncomfortable situations continue, fake stuff and not enjoy it, then walk home feeling gross. And I had rules like mm-hmm. I don't do sleepovers, so I would always go back home. Um, and I would like not have guys sleep over either. Um, and if that was the case, like you were in my bed and like, you were going to make me feel comfy in my bed. Absolutely not. So mm-hmm. this growling moment, I remember so quickly being like, you need to stop. And just being like, you need to stop and you need to go. Five minutes out. Out. And it was quick. But all in all to say, like, I make it very clear to, like, whoever's interested in me that this is what I'm like and that this is what I expect. So my partner right now came with full energy of, hey, I can handle all of what you're giving, even if it's not a hundred percent of the time and the thing is they never ever ever make me feel like my sex drive is like an issue for them um or that like like if that moment if especially if they feel like a little hint of like bad like if they feel bad for the fact like say we haven't seen each other in time and I'm like of Mm. course I'm horny like whatever great they definitely Mm -hmm. make it a point to be like hey this is the first time we've seen each other in a little bit of time like let's do something Mm -hmm. and that's fun because it's like flirty but then I also don't like sometimes I just like sometimes you just need that moment but it's also okay if we don't like there's definitely moments where I'm like I don't want to be I don't want to do anything and they never ever see that as a bad thing either so when I I definitely feel like I need to give them that same respect um, because when they're ready it's also 10 out of 10 like don't ever stop that those 10 out of 10 100% when they're ready a one I love that I absolutely love that I love that 100% I think like I'm gonna like skip over some stuff just because I feel like we're on this now and I want to talk about like how that like I guess, like, the the idea of, like, just setting your boundaries and having those conversations change, like, as a survivor, like, from, like, before, like, you experienced, like, um, sexual domestic violence. Um, how did it change? Like, how did you, because I know, like, I'm like, I have mine too, but I just want to hear from y'all as well, like, navigating that and, like, getting to a place where you felt comfortable again. And, like, I know, like, for Anaya, like, it was kind of like you were, I guess, like, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, you're, like, safe thing to just have sex after but like I know like there's some people who just like could not have sex like could not be touched or anything that was me. how did you that navigate like that sorry go ahead so no no no. you're you're completely like you're hitting kind of the nail on the head so that's what I meant like and I like I think we kind of had opposite trauma responses where my libido used to be really really high um Anyone who lived with me and my husband mm-hmm. knows that. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like oh, I'm missing out on a story. Oh, no. Um, Can I tell a no story? story? No, you can't. Um, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. Oh, God. So, like... Um, yeah, anyone who lived with us for like any given amount of time um, <laughs> probably knows this. Um, but then, you know, we broke up for a little while. And during that time, I uh, I was like really, really insecure. I was dealing with a lot of like, you know, issues with self-worth. And on top of that, like I had like underlying um complications with my mental health that I wasn't that I wasn't dealing with honestly um just because like there was a lot of stuff that I needed to address that I just didn't even know I needed to address it's like I didn't know what I didn't know right and Mm -hmm. so um I started to use sex almost as a way of reaffirming my self-worth which like anyone who's tried to do things that way knows it doesn't work um ever (laughs) and generally like you like relying on other people to make you feel better will ultimately make you feel worse um and so when we got back together about a year later I couldn't have sex at all um I don't think we had sex for like I think we did like maybe like like, before we got back together because I was using it in that way again but then after like I found like like I started to feel loved again and feel wanted I no longer 
needed sex in that way. And by that point, I think that's what I had associated it with. Mm. And so I wasn't able to do anything with my partner for like six months, maybe longer, like a long time, which like was hard for him because at, when we first got together, like our libidos matched, like his sex drive is pretty high. Um, and so of course that kind of like weighed on his insecurity. Um, and a lot of, a lot of my, um, I still like have a long way to go, like to, and I'm not saying this as in like having like a low libido is necessarily a bad thing, but it's very different from what I used to have. And so I know it's not me. Like I know that I'm still not myself because I'm comparing myself to the way that I was when I was feeling healthier. Um, and so like, I know that I have a long way to go, but I still feel like I've come very, very far. Um, a lot of that, like a lot of dealing with it has been, um, like just personal exploration of like why my libido is low because I wasn't able to come to terms with the fact of like what exactly I was using sex for, for months and months and months and months and months. I just kind of like, was like, I don't feel like it anymore and that's fine, which it like, it normally is, but I wasn't confronting what, like what the association I had made was. Mm -hmm. And so part of it for me has been rediscovering the intimacy in sex. And a lot of that has just been exploring it with a partner who's like, who's willing to like be patient with me and take things slowly, uh, despite, you know, his personal frustrations, which I'm sure he has, he hasn't really um, spoken to me very much about it because he doesn't want to make me feel bad, but like, I'm sure he has them. Um, but yeah, just like, yeah, a lot of it has just been emphasizing the, the intimate parts of the act, like the emotional parts, right? Things like aftercare and like, um, like words of affirmation and that kind of thing. Um, it's been really helpful. And then of course, like, I don't, I don't know if this is obvious. I'm like not a sex therapist or anything. And I don't even know if this is helpful, but um, self-exploration plays a big part for me yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And especially I feel like for me anyway, I don't know if this is the same for everybody else, but not using external, um, like external visual stimulants or frankly porn um, or like, or like anything, like even like just kind of like, if you're like in a place of like self-pleasure, like just being completely present and like with yourself mm. kind of like helps because then you develop, like for me, it helps me develop intimacy with myself, which I think has been important. I love that mindfulness, mindfulness. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like meditation. Like that's how I've been approaching it. You know what I mean? It's very spiritual. Mm, like it is. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, it's like, like if I'm gonna heal and I want to heal, um, like these are just things that I have to like, you know, learn about and do for myself. And it's not like there's, like, there are resources out there and things like that. But there's not a ton and they're not always super accessible and they're not always um, relevant to someone like me because everybody's different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is so interesting. I think like, I don't know, I feel like learning about like this from your perspective is because like, I feel like I have the complete opposite of it. So like, yeah. even though it's still similar in a certain way because like there was that like journey that everyone just has of like, Re, under, re understanding yourself in a different way and like understanding that like you're not the same person and like things have changed and like your body is reacting to things differently now and like I don't know like I know like for for me I was just shit scared of just being around anybody and like being touched by anybody or anything like I just wanted to be like by myself and mm -hmm that scared me I thought oh I'm like I'm, I'm never gonna talk to anyone I'm gonna be alone forever like it was really scary and like I just felt like I I didn't want to do anything ever again and it was really hard to and I didn't do anything for like a while and I think
because I always also had this idea and mentality, even just from growing up and like beyond that, it's just like, I'm always going to be used by people. And like, that's just my reality is people always use me because I felt like that with my partner who was abusive. And then I just felt like going forward, they're going to use me anyway. So I was not do anything with anyone. So it was really hard, like finding even good partners as well. So like that didn't even help because everyone I meet when I try to talk to people and things like that, it would just like, I just didn't feel comfortable. So it was really hard to do anything for a long time. But when I, I guess like, a part of me just started to feel really insecure as well. Like similar to like what Emma was saying, just like I didn't feel value in myself. I had like different stages. So you just were like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to anybody or do anything. Then I just felt like I need people to tell me that I'm beautiful. And, then and it wasn't it. until like the year I started PA where I met like my partner and like I finally felt comfortable to be able to be myself with someone and to be able to 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 allow myself to being with someone but it took so long because like I don't know I guess I was just scared and I just just really broken and broken like in my heart like heartbroken I guess is the way you say it in English just heartbroken mm-hmm. and heartbroken because I just like I literally realized like wow this person like used me and that was it but honestly like I feel like having good partners having people who are supportive like like both like and I well I'm Aviana's partner supportive too but like all your partners like having good partners is such a key aspect to it because when you feel supported and when you feel like they're when they're willing to be patient with you and I think that's the biggest thing because people will get, especially when it comes to sex people are always really selfish and they'll be like you know what fuck you and leave but like when someone is willing to be understanding and patient and then supportive on top of that it is such like a rare like I've, I haven't experienced that yet um so like I'm like living by curiosity through y'all but like hearing it from like both of you is so like interesting and inspiring and I can't wait to get to the point where I have a partner who's like just willing to be patient with me you know I don't know sorry I should I mean I don't wanna no you're right um it, it is a lot easier when you have a partner and a partner who like understands you and like and and kind of like gets you in and out but I don't want to like I don't want to pretend like you have to have a romantic partner in order to experience it. Like I had sexual experiences with people that weren't that like I wasn't in a committed partnership with that were patient and like patient with me, frankly. And like that were communicative and, um, and yeah, like that experience, those experiences were like really, really positive. And I think that um, like if I hadn't ended up getting back with like my romantic partner, um, like those experiences could have been, like those relationships, not like necessarily committed romantic partnerships, but um, still like sexual relationships could have been really positive for me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we weren't like we didn't see each other for a prolonged period of time, the experiences that I had with with um, with them was were still like really really positive. And I look back on them and I'm like, yeah, like that was that was actually good. <laughs> you know, yeah. which is like it's rare. I'm not gonna like pretend it's not. Just like the way I mean, I mean, it's not like you know I was out there for like a long time but the way that like you know my friends and like people that I know that are like actively dating um like the experiences that they've shared with me and like from their perspectives it seems like that's sometimes like something that's hard to find it's like a sexual partner who like even though you're not in a committed patient partnership will like still be patient still be understanding still be communicative still be willing to like explore sex and intimacy with you in a way that's not rushed or selfish mm. yeah. um, and I feel like really- I, just, I just want to put out that like it's out there and like there's there's partners that are worth keep like worth your intimacy yeah 100% yeah. I feel like it's mm-hmm. like 
like I was going to add on to both of your points. Um, I feel like I learned a lot about myself outside of the partners, the romantic partners that I have at this moment. Um, while I love my partner, um, I learned a lot about who I was prior to um, and prior to the one that I had before that. Like this little gap that I was talking about was probably about four years. I dated somebody for a big chunk of my adolescent life. So like 14 to 19 is a long ass time. Um, and then 19 to about 22, 23 is like a good amount of time to just like fuck around, especially when you were with <laughs> one person for as long, like for a really long time, especially when that person was mean to you. Like mm. I found that I used sex to be, I used sex to be the thing where I was like, no, people do want me and I'm good at this. Um, mm-hmm. And same type of thing. I remember bawling after people would leave or like self-pleasure um, and crying. Like I remember completely bawling and feeling a lot of shame. Um, and it had a lot to do with the fact that my body felt dirty um, and that I had no control over it. And because I had no control over what was done to my body, I was like, why the fuck not? Like I get to control who I'm having sex with. I didn't control who I used to have sex with. I didn't control how sex was had to me before. So now let me learn. And I used my sadness in that way because I knew that I was wanted in that way. And I also was going through this phase of like learning a lot about my race at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. I had always been in PWIs and my ex-partner was white and excuse me, I was the only black girl that he'd been with and was a lot about like his friend group starting to say racial things, like racist things about me. And like the people that were attracted to me were like, Mm -hmm. were like all white men for a little bit of time. And I was like, why is this what's happening? Like, why Mm. is this what's happening? And I felt really like I had no idea what to do um, because I wasn't attracted because I was feeling very traumatized by the fact that you were all, or they were all similar to the way that my partner looked. It was like a really nervous thing for me. Um, And so then I had to kind of like learn a little bit more about myself. And through that, I was like, oh, I don't even care about the way that these people even are because now I'm using them. So it became really negative for me as well too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was using sex as a way to like harm myself. I was really angry at me um, and I didn't care about what was happening. Um, And it was not until I think I honestly, I think I honestly was like becoming a little bit more honest with my sexuality, with like my blackness, with like everything of like feeling a lot less shame um, about the fact that something did happen to me that I was like, oh, sex isn't awful. Like, and I can control what does happen and who comes near me and why things happen. And I had wonderful, amazing partners who even to this day can feel comfortable enough to like message me about like, just like anything day-to-day based because we were able to talk outside of sex um, because of how open we were, like I was saying before. And I thought that was wonderful. And I do still think that's wonderful. And I think that that all, all those moments um, prepared me for the partner that I have today. Because if I didn't have all those experiences, I don't think I'd be as open and ready and honest with the partner that I have now. Um mm-hmm. Because there's a lot that they expect of me and there's a lot that they expect of themselves, um, especially because of what they've been through. So we both are very on the same page, especially when it comes to sex. Hmm. I love that. I love that. I thought it was so interesting how you were talking about how, like, you kind of rediscovered or like started to understand, like, your blackness more in that. Um, that must have been an experience, uh, like... Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, like, so weird feeling like I was, because I grew up as, like, one of the only, like, dark-skinned black girls in my grade for, like, like, in my grade, probably since I was probably in, like, grade two. Um, So, like, going from grade two to grade 12. Hmm. Um, 
and then there were and then it was also the fact that like because of that anybody who would come in would meet me and then assume that I was like very whitewashed and that was like really interesting and my partner was white um and I heard a lot of like you're pretty for a black girl and I went to like a like a predominantly white like university and like while there were black spaces I while I was in this relationship I was not in those spaces so it was like a very separate moment for me um and all my friends were his friends and like nothing was my own and nothing Mm -hmm. felt like and I did not feel attractive I did not feel like I didn't feel like me at all and it was not probably it probably wasn't until 2018 2018 2019 and I want to say we broke up 2016 2017 so that's like two years after we broke up where I like came met some friends like that I actually had in my life when we were dating like when I was in this like horrid relationship um but like we weren't as close and then while getting closer started to like just introduce myself to myself again um, and mm. then from there sex became so easy um because pleasing myself became really easy because I felt like myself so I didn't feel uncomfortable with like saying what I wanted to do and what was attracted to me like I was like I was like I like this yeah and that's fine and if you didn't like it again I was like oh, bye that's okay um because I felt very like myself um so that was like a really nice circle moment so now nothing things kind of bounce off I'm like oh if you don't like this it's okay you're just not going to be my type of person and we're not going to get along and that's okay but I do think that has a lot to do with me introducing like reintroducing that to myself yeah I feel like um it wasn't until recently that I kind of was able to move away from the situation that I was in that was that caused a lot of pain um so even if like it it happened a long time ago I was still in that environment so I felt like because I was so young when I went through the things that I went through I almost felt like I kept I turned like my sexuality became like a like a weapon I guess Mm. I, it was very much like my, it felt like my only power, my, the only thing I had left, like you could take everything away from me, it made me powerless, but I know why you want me and you can't have this from me, whether it like, I don't really know how to explain it. So because of that, I was very, I felt like because I had to defend myself so young and I need like as a toddler, um, I developed this like self-defense kind of mechanism I guess and I was very much like I don't want to say I was mean but I was very protective over myself and I was very much like whenever I decide I'm going to let this part of myself out again I want to be completely in control I'm gonna decide who it's with when it is I get to say you like like tell that person that like the way it works is that I would say like I might be open to this, but I will let you know in that moment if I am or not, because mm. I really wasn't sure where I was at. And I was like, I need to feel like I'm in control. And if I'm not, it's not happening. And having that kind of started to give me my power back. So I don't necessarily feel sexually liberated yet, but I feel I am, I'm sex positive because I feel like it's a form of revenge for me because in my community, people don't like to talk about sex in a positive way. And because of that, there's a lot of sexual violence. Things go, um, like, because they don't talk about things positively, because they don't make it sound like a normal thing or a good thing to have a healthy sex life, there's just a lot of deviant behavior and it goes just unspoken and it's despicable. So I feel like my rebellion is my sex positive journey and pushing my community in that direction, like talking Mm -hmm. about it, just like our ancestors did. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of my answer. I don't feel like I'm all the way there yet. And I'm also young. That's why. But I definitely feel like now that I'm like I moved, I'm working on myself here. I'm in therapy. I'm like I'm working on myself. 
I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more in control. I feel better. Yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I find your use of that term, like sexually liberated, really interesting because I honestly have never felt sexually liberated. I don't think I ever will feel sexually liberated until the day I die. Just like as a symptom of like where we live, the time we're in, like, I mean, I can say that like, you know, sure, we've come like a, you know, far since like the 50s or 60s or whatever. But like, really, like, does that really mean anything when it's still so hard to talk openly about sex? And, um, and so like, just like as someone who lives like in this place and like in this time and in this era, like, can I ever feel sexually liberated as a woman when women in general are not sexually liberated like just as a rule right so like that's gonna make me cry like damn sorry i hate no. to like be a downer but like no no, no you're not it's real though because if, yeah like, considering the experiences that like all of us have been through i'm very much like it has to be for all of us so i feel yeah. that i really do and yeah. like when when we talk like even in sex positive spaces oh my god okay sorry <laughs> let me just get in on a soapbox real quick so <laughs> the way that i feel about sex positive spaces right i'm like super careful about which ones i let myself into and which ones i actually pay attention in um because i find a lot of the sex positive quote unquote sex positive conversations that we have are very all or nothing either you are 100% sex positive all the time. You want to have sex with everybody all the time, um, which like isn't really sex positive because like what about people who don't feel that way? People like me. Um, so like there's like a lot of people like who are very prescriptive with their sex positivity and are like you aren't sex positive unless you really like sex and you want to have it all the time. Or there's a really toxic type of sex positivity that I've seen a lot with the rise of the popularity of, well, I, I want to say almost like, um, like spirituality or not even spirituality, spirituality is fine, but like there's a certain type of, yeah, you know what, I'll call it toxic spirituality where like there's people who say like, oh, you have to be careful who you have sex with because like you'll carry their baggage around for the rest of your life or- Oh, like soul ties? God, soul ties is the <laughs> word I was fucking looking for. I hate that soul tie shit. All right. Sorry, I'm wagging my finger. Not at you guys. At the soul tie <laughs> school of thought. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I do. <laughs> I think it's very guilt trippy and I don't like it. Like um, oh the God. church I used to go to and I'm not saying who they are, but they know who they are and they're fully mm. being called out. Saying stuff mm. like that, especially to young people especially to young girls who were in a close community who knew nothing better was such a terrible sorry my voice is cracking such a terrible terrible thing to do to make them feel mm -hmm. guilty like they were making a mistake and that they like it was gonna like torment them like a demon or something it was despicable it was yeah. disgusting. it's yeah. horrible it's yeah. not and a punishment it, like you're absolutely right and i've seen it come out of the church community into places where like they say that they reject the church and i'm like yeah but you're like doing the same bullshit mm -hmm. yeah. yes exactly yeah so many people like especially oh my gosh i'm sorry to say it black twitter is the worst for this <laughs> the, yeah. the worst for this is like talking about how like oh like you know if you like get involved with like a man you'll like carry around his curse or like you know every like you know going to the point like like going going as far as to say like um it's almost reverting back to like that old belief that people who like have a lot of sex like inherently carry around like stis or you know what i mean like people who have a lot of sex now all of a sudden carry on the spiritual baggage like some sort of disease and so I feel like that very, very prescriptive all or nothing type of, you know, you're either with us or against us type mm. of conversation isn't helpful and it's not positive at all. That's why I you look know? at it the way that I do. It's very much yeah. just 
like I want to say I feel like neutral about it I feel like there's space for everyone it doesn't like you might be in a different season of your life where like for me like at one season of my life I had a really high libido and then things change hormonally and then I didn't and it might change again who knows but it should it be an all or it should never be an all or nothing there's so many of us like anything that is exclusionary in that way is just not fair there's space for everyone Mm-hmm. pleasures for everyone yeah exactly i love it 100%. okay so <laughs> uh, okay so i guess this question is um for you and i but um i guess if anybody else has any like thing they want to add to um i'd love to hear it but um i guess we're just wondering like how do you feel about like the preconceived notions that people have about polyamorous people like being like either being like hypersexual or whatever ideas that they might have about what different types of relationships look like yeah um so I think when I automatically say polyamorous there's like polyamorous is like such an umbrella term it's kind of like kind of reminds me of queer mm-hmm. um yeah. in the way that it kind of like covers a whole bunch of different things yeah. so what I really am is that I'm not monogamous so I don't believe that I am meant to be committed to solely one person um and that is more in a way of like I when looking at my life have never seen just one person filling like a husband or wife or partner role for me it's always been myself and like a job and a child um and through those I've always had to like kind of identify with my sexuality and with my like wants that I don't really care for like traditional types of lives like I just like have never wanted to be like the person that had like just a husband or just a wife like I always either saw myself with like two partners I was like oh I have a girlfriend and a boyfriend um and I always thought that that was just the case because I always had a close friend like a close girlfriend um and then like a guy friend but the close girlfriend growing up I always kind of had like this weird crush on that I never thought was a crush because I didn't really understand it um but Mm. I was told that I was boy crazy growing up so like I was told that I was straight Mm. so when it came to having crushes on girls and like having any feelings for girls it was like a really shame-based thing for me um but I always had like these really really close girlfriends and when I say like close friends I mean like I'm kissing these friends and we're like younger and I'm just thinking like oh everybody kisses their friends and I'm like like it's not like pecs it's like oh no we're kissing or you're showing me little things that um like you're randomly googling and it's like girls kissing girls and I'm sitting here being like oh like are we not are we not supposed to be doing this? And like the first things that I'm remembering are like friends and I talking about like showers together. And I'm like, oh, that's a really sexual types of things for young children to be thinking about and talking about. But I remember playing house and always wanting, and it was never like, you're going to be the husband and I'm going to be the wife. It was just like, we're the parents. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Like, so to me, it was always just like, oh, I like, who I like, but I never knew how to explain it, but I was told that I was into boys. Um, So being told that I was into boys, into high school as well, I had a friend who, like, was, again, that really close friend who was kind of sexual with me too in, like, that flirty romantic relationship type of way. Um, And at one point, I just kind of said, like, I was open to situations. And this boyfriend of mine from high school kind of knew that I was – interested quote unquote in this best friend um and didn't shame me about it and I think it was always because he had like this little flirty idea that like something would happen and like we would have a threesome and whatever and that was my first like I really I want to say like idea or like concept of polyamory was threesomes um and each partner that I had or each person that I had was kind of like I was always really okay with that idea. I was never having an issue with threesomes. I was like, oh, whatever. Um, But again, that was something where I was like, oh, I'm straight. I'm monogamous. This is how you introduce somebody in. Like, you have to introduce somebody in through sex. You have to introduce somebody in through this. Um, And I think it was a lot of, like, because that's the only thing that I knew. Um, And I think when I learned the word polyamorous, it just became the opposite of monogamous. Um, So people understand the word polyamorous a lot more than me saying like, oh, I'm not monogamous because a lot of people right away are like, oh, so you 
like if I explain it, they're like, oh, so you don't think you need to be committed to one person? And I'm like, no, it's not like, like I can be, mm. but like, I don't necessarily feel the best only being. And it's not that I want like eight different partners. Um, I know for myself, it's that I want two. Um, and I know for myself that I'm going through like this moment of trying to figure out whether buy or pan is the best like label quote unquote for myself so I just kind of say queer um because I don't really necessarily care Mm. who my partner is um but I do always I've always seen two um and if I've had to do anything because again I don't see myself as somebody who gets married or whatever I am somebody who just thinks that I could be in a common law type of situation where we would all live together or I would live by myself and again I see a job and a child like that's where my key things are so partners to me fit a different need of I'm incredibly extroverted I am really empathetic I like conversation Um, I like company I like experiences they fill different needs um which is why i've kind of when people say and are curious about like oh are you just really like i bet you have a lot of sex and da 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 and whatever sometimes my partners don't even enjoy each other like they're not (laughs) friends they don't like each other it's not about them they don't have any type of relationship sometimes they are friends sometimes they know about each other but like don't want to meet like it's just like it's all about what feels comfy um but mainly it's about like my relationship with each and as long as I'm honest and transparent I can be very committed as if some of them are monogamous and sometimes it's been throuples in the sense that like I also think partners for myself within a polyamorous way um don't always look romantic um I've had platonic and sexual relationships um that also have while well, having like a romantic partner um and because this romantic partner and I are not sexual and this is something that's different and it's just like about navigating all those different types of things um so I think when it comes to like people who ask or are curious or like have preconceived notions and like all these different types of things um it's because of it's because there's not a lot of information about it um and because every single person is different I know when it comes to me, I navigate my journey with not being monogamous through a lot of like looking at my parents um, and looking at the way I look at love and why I look at love the way I look at it. Um, And with the way I feel when I am in monogamous relationships, I felt a lot of shame in monogamous relationships wanting another like wanting my best friend Mm -hmm. sometimes and like that was really really hard I felt really dirty um I felt really like ashamed of my sexuality ashamed of who I was as a person like feeling really uncomfortable and it wasn't until I found like the language for it that I was like oh no Anaya like this feels good and again I said like I said before I'm a very these are non-negotiable things for me this is not a secret that I am polyamorous do I tell everybody and their mother, no. If my mother's listening, she's going to be whatever. She's going to be like, oh. <laughs> did I know? I don't know. But, like, who cares? Um, but, like, it's also not something that I'm ashamed of. Um, I have a wonderful partner. He's amazing. He's spectacular. He, like, he meets me where I am every single time. Um, and we're fairly new. And... I see us having a very long, long relationship. I, I really, truly love him. Um, I also know that before me, he was kind of in the same boat where he was like, I don't want to marry anybody. Like, I don't want to marry anybody. He goes, and I see myself in common law, blah, 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 blah. so whenever. So when we met, it was like, oh, okay, nice middle ground. And now it's kind of like, we could elope. And it's like, oh, okay. Marriage could be, but it's also just random talking. But I also know that when I do say something, like I said before, he'll randomly show up and be like, here, like, is this what you want? Like, is this what you're interested in? Because he never makes me feel uncomfy about the way that things change and the things that I bring up. And like, it's always a discussion. Um, So like I say, is that 
polyamory is not the opposite of monogamy. There's like a lot of little things that are in between that. Um, some days I'm, or some weeks, some moments, like right now we're monogamish where I'm definitely solely committed to this man and like me and him, but it's getting hot outside. And he absolutely made a little comment about like having a little summer friend. And I said, sure, let's have a little summer friend. But like, it depends on the mood. It depends on the situation. It depends on what we're into. And like, I feel comfortable knowing that he feels comfortable telling me rather than be cheated on because mm. I have been. And that hurt a lot when I wasn't being honest with myself for believing that I was monogamous and I'm not. And like, I'm also very open with the partners that like, I don't date monogamous people. Um, that hurts, that hurts them a lot. And that's not mm. fair to either one of us. Um, so I make it very clear that this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm like. And I also have to deal with the fact that like, that comes with a lot of insecurities too like my partner and I have to talk about being jealous we have to talk about when we're insecure with each other we have to talk about like if he doesn't want anybody introduced into our relationship and I do that we have to and we're in like that stage where we're monogamous that it's now introducing somebody into our relationship rather than a relationship solely with me and sometimes things change and that's okay sometimes it's just a relationship with me because like they only know who I am and like I've we've been a little bit distant and like not that our relationship is harmed, but, like, I have other things going on and he has other things going on. So it's just, like, I think that a lot of times, again, with people's perceptions, is that people are nosy, one. And mm. two, that, like, they don't understand that relationships and people and everything like that are very complex. I mean, it's mm. all about how you are and what you necessarily need. Yeah. My partner right now is very, very introverted. And as a person who's very, very extroverted, um, I can see the little things that we both need. And I can know that like, while we change and when we grow, we're gonna have to have different conversations about it. But right now, monogamish and polyamory works very, very well for us. I've been kind of like on the other side as well. I feel like we've had like opposite lives and I, uh... <laughs> because I've been on the opposite side as well like when you mentioned something about like how um not being forthcoming about monogamy or polyamory like how it just hurts everybody involved like I've been in a situation where I thought I was getting involved with someone who's polyamorous and or maybe they were polyamorous but they did their partner was not on board you know and like finding out after like kind of sucks I mean mind you I was in that season like in that season oh my god I'm talking like a I don't know youth pastor or something but like I was in that place where like I was I was like in that place where I was like kind of like using sex and like using my partners so like I didn't end it where I should have but it did kind of hurt to like find out like that I was being lied to first of all because like there wasn't really any reason to lie to me um also like it felt like my intelligence was being like insulted a little bit um and yeah like it also like I was coming out of a place where like I had been cheated on so it felt kind of shitty to like be involved in infidelity again mm -hmm. um so yeah I feel like that's something that like people don't often think about when discussing polyamory right is like the importance of truth telling yeah. and um of, you know, of everybody being on board <laughs> including yeah. maybe like you know the person that that's the person that you're bringing in even if it's just like on a casual basis is still like a human being yeah absolutely i know that yeah. like i've fucked up polyamory before i've hurt people i will not lie and i know i have and i have to take responsibility for the fact that i've hurt people um and i know i have because like i've been learning about my feelings and like other people other people i like i'm very big on communication so and i'm also very big on the fact that like if i tell you where I'm at and you don't tell me your truth as well, um, we're gonna harm each other. And sometimes mm -hmm. what has happened is that I have to allowed people to like me 
knowing that they've liked me and I have like not felt the same way um, and had a romantic partner while they're hoping to be romantic with me and I've harmed them. Um, And that makes me a bad person because I know that my romantic partner wasn't hoping for another romantic individual in our life. And that makes me a bad Mm -hmm. person. And my romantic partner and I have had to sit there and I've had to say to this person that I am sorry. Um, As much as I thought that I was being clear that I wasn't doing the best thing that I was. And that it's also really, that's a lot of energy that you put put through. Having two (laughs) relationships is a very big thing. But I also look at a lot of my relationships, especially in a polyamorous, like this choice sense. And the way they look at my friendships, um, I have a lot of friends. Um, Well, lie to you, I have a lot of like intimate friendships, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, but each of them require a lot of different energies and a different like sense of love. Um, so I treat a lot of my romantic relationships like that too. And if I can't do that to you, if we cannot be on the same page and like those types of ways and want to work to be on the same page and prioritize each other that way and do all these things like that, like and be honest and know that this is something that we're working towards. It's not for me even something like as simple as sex my partner at the moment like I say at the moment like he's running away somewhere but my partner um Mm. is very clear to anybody that they bring in about um like my needs and my wants especially like if they're introducing them to like our lives um like they're like Anaya doesn't like these words. So we don't say these words. These don't happen. These are things that are important to us. Don't expect this. Da, da, da. All like these a crash course on Anaya. Yeah, like a boom, like <laughs> right away. Even before introducing them to me, like a very like, this is what I'm expecting because you need to know that if you are unable, like if you're unable to do this, you will not, you're not going to get along with her. It's not going to work. And I think that that, by doing that, I made myself like I, 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 I attract very specific people. I attract very mm. specific people. I haven't had any issue with like the people that I do attract since I've been that honest with myself and since my partner's been like doing that crash course type of situation um, mm. because I think I speak it into the universe. So my positive spirituality, but like I allow, I don't want, I don't want anybody who's not going to be as honest with me as I am with them because it t- it's a lot of energy and it's really hard and I don't want to harm anybody. Um, and again, I'll, I'll, I cry with people. I promise. I promise I'm a crier. So like, I don't want to do that to anybody at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think polyamory is all about love. I just want to love people. Yeah. I love that. You're a big lover. Like you love it. I am. Yeah, I, love I am a big you. lover. I am a big lover. I'm Um, not a big lover, but I love big lovers. uh, (laughs) Emma, you're in denial. You're a big lover. I am not. You are. You are. You've told me you love me like twice this month. Oh my God, did I? Yes. You look so embarrassing. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) I love that. You're allowed to love me, okay? I love when my friends tell me they love me. The only person who tells me they love me all the time is Anaya. Like, and I love uh, what? I am time. a lover. I am a lover through and through and through. If I do not call you, I don't call you and we hang up and I don't say I love you. My God. My best <laughs> friend, he does not say it back to me, like, at all. Mine it's just too. something that he does. Like, he just does not say it back. So I still say it every single time. So when he does say it to me, I'm like, you freaking missed me. You missed me. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, I know you do. I know you love me. And especially when he says it around his guy friends, because I'm like, yeah, baby. Like, give it to me. Like, I won that. And it's great. Because even, like, like, and so that's the other thing is that, I'm, again, very picky with my I love yous. I'm very picky. I think that's what polyamory has also taught me is that I get to choose who I give that part, extra part of myself to, that other part of myself to. So, like, my partner loves my best guy friend. I don't want to say loves. Aww. Honestly, I won't say that. I'll say it in the sense that they very much respect each other enough to, like, there's no ill will. There's no issues. Mm, um, admiration. I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel any uncomfiness about like going to see one of them and the other thinking anything. Like I don't ever feel that way because I know that my man is like, Anaya is very picky about who she says I love you to. And I know my best guy friend is like, Anaya is very picky about who she says I love you to. So <laughs> that for both of them 
a lot like that being a non-negotiable for me lets both of them know that and I'm like yes I put that in both spaces guess who's good she's safe she's comfy <laughs> meaning that they both know that if either of them give me a little a little smidgen of attitude my gosh my gosh everyone's gonna be like hey I'm like yeah <laughs> are you dumb I'm not wearing I'm not trying nothing I try nothing I am right Please, there I'm gonna cry I'm I promise I'm so dead <laughs> Well, at this point, I honestly think this is a good way to end the conversation. I've kept y'all here for long enough. Um, We didn't talk about everything, but this conversation in itself was so... Is that going to mean a part two? I was going to say... Do you want to do a part two? Do you want a part two? Let's do a part two. Let's do a part two. two. All right, we can do a part. We can do a part two. I'm totally down for a part two. But this conversation was so, like, enriching, and I feel like... I have, like, really, like, different friendships with all of you here, and I've learned so much. Like, obviously, like, I've known Emma the longest, and, like, the space, like, Emma was talking about, we weren't really friends there. So, like, getting to, like, learn this part of her, even we though... We were for a lot of it, but I shut people out, Yeah, you know? I mean... It is what it is. Yeah. But it was interesting just learning everything about everyone and, like, being able to share. And I appreciate all of you and all of your different journeys and experiences and you're sharing um but yeah this is the end of this today because i'm going to a party so i need to get ready <gasps> can i come no <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry um no it's fine there's a hole in my heart i don't care okay that's fine all right thank you so much for tuning mm. to take up space um thank you to my lovely guests <laughs> Um, and we will see you next time for part two. Bye. Bye.